covering Danish society from Greenland to Gilalai. In-studio debates, live chats and more. Experts, expats, Danes and internationals coming together to recover what got lost in translation. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. It's been accompanied by another wonderful week in the country of in the kingdom of Denmark. In the kingdom of Denmark. Yeah, election moves on. Like I I don't know. I keep I you know, I'm the kind of person that wakes up every day and then I either watch or listen to the news. Mm. So my morning routine is um I'm barely awake when I wake up because I'm a really weak person in the morning. (laughs) But I always just kind of turn on my Bluetooth and then put the speaker system on and then I jump into p1 the danish radio mm. and then i just listen to the morning news and try and wake up with that um i don't think that's a really good way to wake up in these times <laughs> i yeah i don't i never thought about that i just i just do that that's part of being you know a journalist but um it's basically election news election news well, new perspective only, on election news <laughs> it's only one week to go at time of recording. oh yeah it is it is so there's, I, I, did, I don't even think about that. I'm thinking this weekend is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't made my costume. <laughs> what are you going to go as? I don't know, but uh, something with horns for sure. I'm going to go as Cern Pavi Pulsen. No. Sure. I think you'd have to, yeah, he's not very tall, is he? No. You'd have to shrink a few that. centimeters. Yeah. Maybe I could go as Mera. <laughs> Shed a tear. <laughs> Bring a tuba on a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's been a fun week in the yeah. Danish w- press world. Yeah. Politics. So what 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 are the biggest news? Do you you want to hear the news that got that caught my attention? Yes. <laughs> so basically, this I think it caught my attention because I hear about this this name resonates throughout my social media and my daily life every every week. So basically, the Danish mail service PostNord will deploy extra staff for delivering voting cards to the Danish population ahead of the election. That's good. <laughs> normally, it's uh, touch and go with PostNord. <laughs> <laughs> it still is, yeah. <laughs> basically, they released a press statement uh, this week that revealed that they are planning to deploy extra staff um, this coming Monday to deliver the nearly 4.4 million um, voting slips that okay. are due to go around Denmark. And so the goal is to ensure that citizens receive their voting slips in due time for the election, uh, which takes place, as we just mentioned, on November 1st. Mm-hmm. And Postnor has noted that it's important to ensure that the name on the mailbox <laughs> corresponds to the name on the voting <laughs> slip, in case is you had any Is this like guidance. a new guidance? Or, <laughs> like, make sure your name is on your mailbox? I mean... I mean, yeah, I, you know, who wouldn't have their name on the mailbox? I guess if you're... Well, to be honest, when I moved here, that was a bit of an alien thing to me. We don't really have that where I'm from. Really? Maybe it's different in London. To uh, to be fair, well, there's not much mailboxes, but there is the aspect of when, you know, door phones, where it just says STTV. Yeah. And you always have to like text your friend and say, I forgot where flat you live in. Or you get, or like, we live on the ground floor. Mm. So our buzzer always goes when it's the newspaper people that or well. food delivery. Can I admit something, Cam? Every time I'm coming here to record, I have a moment of hesitation. <laughs> Everybody always texts, What number are you again? It's what like, side are you? I, there's, there's literally like a, a horrifying soundtrack playing in my head. It's like, if I, because, you know, the worst thing is to press the wrong button and then having to speak to a stranger. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Unschool. Un-school. Yeah, sorry. Do, 
you know Cam? <laughs> when I worked as a delivery driver. You worked as a delivery driver? Oh yeah, driver. you didn't know this? Yeah, Do I, tell. I worked as a, I was a pizza boy. Um, it was, yeah. Pizza boy. It was a pizza boy. Um, and I used to always have this stress every 20 minutes of my working life. Like, oh no, is it the right you know a doorbell yeah oh my god or yeah you can't see the mailboxes the other thing that all would be frighten me is the doorbells would have just s-t-t-h and then they didn't have the names and then you could see the mailboxes with the names but it was dark because it's the evening so you're just shining your phone light in and people are like who's that crazy guy and yeah it was we need to we need a redesign of the assistant i used to my first job ever when i was 12 years old was delivering you know, paper commercials around. Okay. Is this thing you would see in Denmark, everyone with this giant metal wagon. I also did that. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only job I could get. It's, it, for me, it was horrible. And it was also delivering, the, the thing with, you know, having mailboxes where they didn't put the name on. Because mm. had, I had a list of, you know, who would who had said no thank you to commercials and who only wanted the newspaper. Mm-hmm. But if there's no name on it, how do you know that, yeah, exactly. right? exactly. Um, if you're not Danish, you, would, you wouldn't care and just shove the, commer- like the commercial papers in there. But being Danish, you have to abide by the rules. You can't There's a break list. the rules. Exactly. There's a list. <laughs> There's a box. Get so. in it. <laughs> or put nothing in it. <laughs> oh, so but what, what is PostNor? So <laughs> Let's begin with that. Because I come from a country where it's the Royal Mail. And well, this it, is a monarchy here, so... I mean, post-Nord, you know, it comes from, like, post and Nordic, so so that's it. But it's... Actually, let's let's just Google it for a moment, the 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 sort of definition or history of post-Nord. Does Postman Pat work for uh, post-Nord? No, that's a very British thing. Do you not have Postman Pat here? Well, we had it, but it, it wasn't a post-Nord kind of thing okay do you know what also i mean back before <laughs> don't look so, at me like this <laughs> like i'm an alien no, it's like, about- does paddington bear live in denmark <laughs> no he lives in the uk Cam. You, have post- you have postman pat yes but the cartoon you mean yes yes but i don't he doesn't oh you mean in the translation does he work for postman North? <laughs> um is he in blue <laughs> no because okay here's the thing so postnor used to be post denmark ah, and it used to be red okay so hang on, I got a Wikipedia article here. This is the thing. God bless Wikipedia. So it's okay. Post Nord used to be um, only Post Denmark. In legal terms, it's still called Post Denmark AS, but it is co owned between the Swedish and the Danish government. Okay, didn't know that. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, let's <laughs> just blame the Swedes. <laughs> Around, it's a public body. Now we understand. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, sixty percent is owned by the Swedish government and forty percent by the Danish uh, government. Um, oh wait, they own stocks in the companies, right? Do they have sixty percent more delays than us? Or <laughs> who it? knows? Any Swedes listening to this podcast? Do phone in. <laughs> Let us know about your post nord experience. Because I think every uh, international in Copenhagen has asked on a group about Postnor. I mean, there's this um, there's this Instagram account called Copenhagen Foreigners Meme, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one recently with the the Drake meme. Yes, <laughs> I've seen that. One. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was the the first one where it's like uh, shying away from delivering packages, and the other one pretend to deliver the package but don't deliver, and it's fake it and say the name was not in the mailbox and just leave it outside yeah. instead. So, oh my, Postnor was founded in 1624. Did they have paper then? What were they sending then? <laughs> what? 
How many people could actually write a letter back then? <laughs> like, that's another thing. 1624. 1624, yeah. It was the time of Christian the Fourth, I guess. Okay. But I'm just, yeah. So there wasn't like, you know, Hello Fresh boxes being sent back then. You know what I think is just fun about this is the fact that they're saying we're going to deploy extra staff to, you know, get, make sure that <laughs> people the have job. their packages in time, <laughs> right? Or they have these voting slips in time. Like, imagine if they did that. Just overall, like saying, you know what, um, we're, we're, we're just going to hire more people. To do the function that we should be doing all the time. Yeah, exactly. What's the longest delay you've had to post an hour? I can't say I can 100% blame Postnor no. because it, I think it must have been this summer where I was traveling around south of Italy visiting friends and I sent a postcard two weeks before going back. I sent three postcards mm -hmm. and they all arrived three weeks after I'd arrived okay. home. So five weeks to get from Sicily to Denmark. But, uh, you know, I can't say no. much about Southern Italian post services either. I was going to say. I think it's a, the worst of both worlds, yeah. I guess. Is the I was going to say a combination of Postnor and the Sicilian postal service is probably going to yeah delay it a little I mean, they bit. arrive. I'm okay. like, that, I think that was good. What about you? Uh, nine months. Nine yeah. months? <laughs> <laughs> My mother sent me a birthday card and I'm born in April and it came in the January the following year. Oh my. I was like, who sent this card? It's like, it's, it's a bit like... late for Christmas. Yeah, it was a birthday like, card. Mum doesn't, you don't even know when my birthday no. is. And, and I phoned my mum and was like, did you send me a birthday card recently? She's like, no, it was the one that I sent you before. I was like, well, last year. She's like, yeah. Unbelievable. I just got an email to say it been, it had been delivered. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> you know what? The thing is, like, one thing is, like, the delay in deliveries. Like, that's one thing. That's logistics and bureaucracy can also play a part in it, right? Another thing for me is when the person delivers the package or mm. letter. And if it has to be something, you know, in person, like a big package where they, they ring supposedly they ring the doorbell <laughs> if, they can, if they can find it if they can find it. no 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 supposedly they ring the doorbell and then afterwards say like we tried to contact you we tried to deliver yeah. the package but you were not home i've tried that a couple of times where you're like nobody rang my doorbell and uh and you have to go down to the post office to pick it up the um, the next day but there's two <laughs> two situations with that when it gets sent to the, the post house mm. and you don't have id with you you ah. don't get it. Oh, that's true. And I've had some discussions with the ladies in the post house. Like, well, this is my, you know, yellow card. Yes, but we need ID. So there's that. And then there's the ridiculous boxes. These yeah. These boxes with the codes. Oh, yeah. The ones that are like located around the <sighs> but city. But they send you so many codes. Yeah. And you're like putting in all the... And it's long codes. It's like 11 digits. And then it's like, no, wrong code. And you're like, okay. Oh, then there's a glitch in the app. Please yeah. come back later. Yeah. <laughs> or it's in a completely different part of the city of where you are. I've had that before. Mm. So... You know what's a paradox? When you say this, like, when you have to go to the to the post office with an ID is that I've tried one time um, so back in 2020 I was working at this uh, cocktail bar and I was opening the bar mm. and it was during the summer and it was a warm day so I'd left the door open and I was in the in the kitchen in the back it's not that far away but it's just far enough to like people can't see you and I hear like this rustle like you, you're not quite sure there's someone there but there's like an atmospheric change that lets you know that somehow you're not alone anymore 
And I kind of, I, you know, you know that? No, that's just me. The sixth sense. Like, there's a predator. No. <laughs> Going to be attacked. It's just me and my high level anxiety, I guess. <laughs> you know that feeling before you're attacked? <laughs> yes, I do. No. Oh, dear. Um, but so, yeah, I was there and I was, I was like, oh, great. Hang on. What's going on? And I, I just peeked out around the corner to have a look. And I see the back of this person in the very familiar black and, and blue uniform leave leave the the, the mm. venue and a packet sitting on the bar top yeah and and i go uh, hello and she turns around and she looks at me with this like frightened look you know she's been discovered she was supposed <laughs> to quietly just leave the venue and pretend nothing happened and she's been discovered and she looks at me and she points to the package and just goes package yeah <laughs> And I look at her and say, well, do you need me to sign anything? No. And she was like, no, no, <laughs> goodbye. And she just leaves. Okay. And so, so for me, the fact that you have to bring your idea. I mean, what if what if yeah. I was a burglar yeah. who just entered? And I, I don't know, like the, the owner of the shop was like tied in the back and I was just there or I was stealing the package or, or worse yet. Like, what if it's the wrong venue? Yeah. And she's just like, no, package. No, maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it's just the staff on a power trip i don't know <laughs> but, all of them like i mean there must there must be training as part of it like or otherwise hiring you <laughs> we know. should really contact them to we like should, have should. a seminar because in scotland we mm. like when you're not home mm. you can have it left this sounds really stupid now but you can have it left in the wheelie bin and you know the bin yeah, look at her face. She's I'm sorry, like, because you say wheelie bin. Yeah, was you, like... <laughs> you know the bin? That you yeah. Put, yeah, the wheelie bin. British people will know what a wheelie bin is. It's the bin that you put your garbage in. Yeah, because we have some them countries in... don't have chutes like here. <laughs> we have them in Denmark as well, okay. Cam, but Copenhagen is just this giant city. Everywhere okay. outside of Copenhagen, you would have a wheelie bin. Okay, so yeah. in Scotland... Don't you worry. Because <laughs> in here... So I have I... wheelie bins, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> when I came here, it was like, wow, there's a chute where your garbage just disappears. Like, wow. <laughs> But in Scotland, you put the the postman puts the package in your wheelie bin, or leaves it with a neighbour. Leaving with a neighbour, I understand. In the wheelie bin, they don't mm. do that here, though. Thank God. Thing. I'm sorry. I I don't want my package in the wheelie bin. No. That's but not so I mean, nice. can I mean here, if you were to leave it with a neighbour here, you wouldn't know the neighbour because people don't speak to their neighbours here. That's. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, we used to have a lot more post offices and local points where you can pick. Like, if you get with GLS, you know, you can pick it up at your, like your local kiosk or yeah. something like that. It's the it's the fact that we've become more like digital as yeah. a society, so you don't get mail as much anymore, no. except for voting cards. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, because we made a podcast about how digitalized Denmark right. is. One, of the, still... most, <laughs> one <laughs> of the most digitized countries in the world. And it's still like, here's a paper to vote on. I mean, I understand because you have to shop in person, but at the same time, what? You know? But you think they would have, um, for example, the voting stations like an iPad or something, but then they might argue that someone could interfere, but then someone could interfere with the paper. Yeah. I don't know. I know, you know, the, the software needs to be updated. Like, you know, when you have, have you have this sometimes where you have to log on to a Zoom call and it, is, it says you have to update yeah. the Zoom. Yeah. Imagine you have that every time someone was in voting. <laughs> Please update the app before you cast your vote. You could save so much money by just making a Google survey for everybody's vote. <laughs> <laughs> We love a survey here on Google. Oh, yeah, there just, you go. just send it out to everybody in an email. Yeah, it could work. <laughs> Probably still be more efficient than Post Noir. Yeah. So, yeah, Post Noir, 
are also sending out a copy of the Constitution. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, free of charge. I remember. I you <laughs> know get lost. I will <laughs> say it, for me it was very exciting. Um, actually, the first time getting this because you know when you turn eighteen, that's when you get your first voting slip, and that's when you also get your first Constitution. I remember it being like, oh wow, now. No, I'm I'm now part of the democracy. Also, a print version. Is it like a is it a proper book, a coffee table book, or is it just a pamphlet? No, no, it's it's a book, but like we're not talking coffee table book, not that kind of size. No. It's not that length, but it is quite nicely made. Um, I think it's just kind of fun still that we send it out as a book, considering that we also one thing wanting to be a more digitized and paperless society, but also just considering you know things like. Uh, sustainable practices mm. and, and and minimizing the the paper usage you know like why not just do it digitally yeah actually in I, your yeah. e-box yeah you know? exactly no i was just yeah a light bulb just went in my head what a way a monumental waste of paper that will be yeah yeah exactly because i also tell you i'm the one of like the boring nerds that like proudly saved it with all my stuff but i majority 99. 8% of people Danes at age 18 that will receive this probably throw it in the bin straight away. Do you always get a constitution for the first time voters? Yes. Okay. Wow. Everyone. So you have yours in the home? Or? Yes, somewhere okay. with my high school blue book. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, I thought this was a new thing. Okay. No, no, it's been, it's been like that for, for ages. So so that's the thing. Like before it made sense because we didn't have like so much uh, digital access. But nowadays, like why not do it as an e-box thing? How long is the constitution? Roughly, I don't want like exact. Like, how, should, how should I know, Cam? I have to be honest. The last time I read it was <laughs> never. <laughs> now that's not fair. I did read it once. I did read it that's once. That's interesting. <laughs> I I prefer like the original copy that you can see in Christian Ball Palace, um, and with the different like um, changes, uh, yeah. documental changes that are also there. From for example, from when Queen Margaret um, was made to be queen, and they they did a constitutional change though all those documents are on display okay. uh, in christian's ball the parliament well that's my weekend sorted yeah i'm gonna go and read the constitution can you read it in the christian bar no you can just look you can look yeah, yeah. i mean it's a glass mount so of course you can read but you can't turn the page <laughs> you know like, imagine, imagine, it's the like, same chapter over and over oh again. sorry i spilled my tea over the there is quite a lot though. Bring as well. I'm surprised other ones haven't been. Uh, there will be. I'll make a. I'll make an observation now. Something will happen where they will subcontract out to other. Things. You think so? Yeah, I think someone else will be in DHL or mm. something. Maybe. Who yeah. Knows? I just think like there's there are so many delivery services. It's it's, you know, I, it's kind of weird actually that there are so many. Like what is it like? D DHL. G Bring. Bring. But bring is different because it drops. Bring is like you talked about the post-nor people running in and to the bar, bring, <laughs> running and throwing it. <laughs> go, 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 go. Bring is the people who come in the middle of the night with your packages <laughs> and leave it outside your door. And that's daunting. Yeah. So there's like just imagine tonight when you're sleeping, if you've ordered something. Let's hypothetically take that. Let's say you've ordered your Constitution of Denmark and it's been delivered by Bring. Someone will come at two o'clock in the morning and leave it outside your door. That's what bring is. I just love that. It's like the 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 day, the time, one time a year, you order your constitution of Denmark and have it delivered by bring. By bring, which is a Norwegian company. So, there you go. <laughs> please, please don't look at me like don't, I don't, worked don't with tell, this for years. Don't tell Dansk Folkeparti. No. They're not going to like that. <laughs> 
I worked with delivery. I was a yeah. Remember, I used to work as a delivery manager. Yeah. Was, oh yes. I'm quite well versed in the That's delivery true. world. My so. my last day of delivering um, commercial uh, papers um, when I was 12 years old was also a day of like heavy thunderstorm and rain, and and it was also the day where they decided to deliver all the free phone books oh wow yeah okay showing it, your age there <laughs> it was a horrible day uh and because i also delivered to like apartment complexes so yeah. running up and down the stairs it normally it took me maybe like 40 minutes to complete the route it took me three hours a day but i did this job mm. when i first came over it's quite common when you come you first come over you look for jobs that are english speaking that's what i know and, and I for me this. it was it was interesting because i always saw it as that first starting out job when you're 12 13 mm. years old and I think particularly in Copenhagen, just because it is a, a bigger kind of environment for, for internationals coming here, that was the first time I saw like a, a, a middle-aged man yeah. walking with, and I it kind of, yeah, it was kind of a, a different perspective. I actually yeah. kind of wouldn't say it was shocking, but it just kind of made me reflect on it. <laughs> for me, I was a 20-year-old Scottish man sitting with 12-year-old Danish children in an information meeting <laughs> <laughs> learning about the free post. Maybe that could like be put into email because mm. the amount of stuff I throw out with these free papers... Oh, yeah. I feel like we're advocating here for delivery. Like, we're, changes. we're advocating for paperless society, Cam, you know. <laughs> you say you're going to do it, Denmark, deliver on it. <laughs> but not with PostNor. <laughs> so also this week... um. Dansk metal, mm. Danish metal, just metal, which is not the <laughs> not the music genre. Let's just no. Danish metal is is banging good, but this is not a, the Danish metal we're talking about. Danish metal or Dansk metal, a union and ACASA that represents people working in industrial communication and IT, have released a press statement saying that they want a cap on available places in gymnasium in order to push more young people to choose vocational educations. Mm. So just to explain, yeah. gymnasium is the general high school diploma education in Denmark and vocational educations cover the same age group but focuses on education that prepares people to take up employment in a skilled craft or trade. Yeah, so I went to gymnasium, for example. Yeah. We call it STX in Denmark and it is more focused on social studies, um, math um, and, you know, some some schools will also have something like music and media mm. science. But And I didn't go to gymnasium. So this is quite an interesting conversation <laughs> because I didn't go to like a, I did vocational training. Mm. So what, what are some of like the, the, the main takeaways from this story? So an analysis by the independent government institution DREAM shows that the number of skilled workers is estimated to decrease by approximately 88,000 people by the year 2030. Okay. Uh, one company that is lacking skilled workers is Perulit on Funen. Uh, director Per Rasmus Rasmussen is currently short of 20 employees and 10 apprentices. He therefore agrees with Dan Smittel's proposal, stating that it may sound a bit heavy-handed, but I think that something like that needs to be Done. I love Rasmus Rasmussen. Yeah. It's just the ultimate Danish name. <laughs> per Rasmus Rasmussen. It's a, per yeah. Rasmus Rasmussen. Again, um, beautiful accent, Cam. <laughs> love it. And uh, the right wing parties. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> just... 
laugh when I say that. Here we go. The right wing parties New Borley and Dansk Folkeparti agree with Dansk Mittel. However, Mera Fredriksson, who is the Prime Minister for probably one more week, doesn't believe in putting a cap on gymnasium as a way to get more students to choose the vocational education. Hopefully only for one more week. <laughs> you said that. I did not. No, I did. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, Panila Ver- Vermund and what's the DF guy, Morton Messerschmidt? Morton Messerschmidt, yeah. yeah uh, they agree. And Mera is mm, yeah. not... not no, no. I also heard that uh, I think it was someone from Venstra as well that uh, that didn't agree with the cap okay. either, um, because well, the aspect is basically that it limits the freedom of choice for students, right? I think an interesting aspect I read about this is um, that you know whilst the politicians are kind of discussing these educational options for the Danish youth, there is this economics professor from Aarhus University uh, called P- uh, Michael Svar. And he proposes actually solving the immediate shortage by opening up for more EU migrants. Yes. And that's kind of where this story becomes interesting. Because, you know, when it comes to labor, that is, we mentioned this previously, mm-hmm. is it is that dynamics between a really strict integration and immigration policy in Denmark currently uh, with a, a labor shortage, an ongoing labor shortage. Yes. So I think that's quite an, an interesting aspect. But the double-sided thing is, in terms of EU migrants, it's not that strict. Mm. Because EU migrants can come, as long as they have employment, they can register and live here. But it's the barrier getting into the... Yeah, and the the issue then relates more to integration rather than immigration. Mm. I actually heard a story this morning at Pion, as part of my morning routine. Morning routine. Um, (laughs) We were focusing on uh, Sosu that we also talked about last week. Mm. And they were uh, talking with uh, this woman who's in charge, I think, of like the... Danish, like the National Association for for Sosu, and she mentioned that um, the problem right now is that the model for integrating these um, international workers into the Sosu system is not good enough, Um, and it doesn't. They they had to put they have put systems into place to ensure that there is a bit of integration in terms of learning the language. Yes, and language is a huge barrier. Of course, in healthcare, because that's a very kind of like social um, kind of work. But I think it is also, it has to be inevitably also a barrier to these jobs because you have to communicate with your employers. And sure, we assume that everyone speaks English, but that's just not the reality. I have also read today that there is a scheme within uh, taxi driving. Mm. So taxi drivers, the, the industry was lacking drivers. Mm. So what they did was they teamed up with a Danish language school and they offered the taxi license and the Danish language courses together. Mm. So you do, you know, you learn how to be a taxi driver Mm. and all the law and everything behind it and then you also do the Danish language course alongside. Mm. Maybe that could be an idea too. (laughs) I think so. Another, I I, I think that, and I think you have to attack it from multiple perspectives, right? Because one thing they... They also did for the social was that they put in like a mentor mentor program. So when you do come in, you're learning uh, Danish, you're also learning uh, the the for example nursing or nurses education in Danish, and then you also have a mentor that kind of teaches you the <clears throat> the structures of the the work market you're going into because yeah. there's also an aspect of culture. Yeah, you know, there's a lot 
a lot more other cultures have a lot more hierarchy in the the structures in the labor market than we have here in Denmark. Mm. In fact, most Danish workplaces are going more towards a a soft leadership and a flat work structure. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's also an aspect they have to take into consideration, you know. It's not just about filling in the holes. No. Um and getting the skills, it's also about integration. That's really like the key aspect of it. But I think in what what was the t- talk here because Dansk Metal says that Dansk Metal Danish Metal. <laughs> Sorry. Other other av- metals are available. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like is it Dansk Van and Dansk Metal? So Dansk Metal, the organization, interest organization and union, they say that they they of course support um EU migrants coming in, but they also say that their concern and the reason why they're proposing this cap in terms of education is that you know, um we have an aging population in Denmark and that is the same case for most other European countries. So in the long term it doesn't just work to bring in no. Uh, labor from other markets because that doesn't change the fact that there's a growing aging population. Yeah, so the you can't just put this temp you can't just ship people in and then they need to think about future, future, future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like the the I mean the issue in in most societies is that uh, the governments tend to not think long term, and so you get very short term solutions, right? I mean in Denmark at least it's you have four years, and in those four years you're just trying to push through whatever kind of policy yeah. you have been elected on. Or in the UK 45 days. 45 no. days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you God. can push through in your 45 days. I love that. Three no. liters, seven weeks, just saying. Which ve- vegetable do you think uh, uh, Rishi Sunak should compete against? I mean, Liz Trust competed against a, a lettuce head, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even <laughs> I haven't yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the thing where he fills up his car? You need to look at that. Please check it out. Oh he doesn't know how to pay for things. Do you know this? There's a video where he's in a petrol station trying to oh, pay I've for petrol. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. And he doesn't know how to pay contactless. I mean, I, I, think a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I think a couple of weeks ago we mentioned that this is a very exciting time in Danish politics. It's an also a very exciting time in UK politics. Yeah. <laughs> Both sides of the North Sea are yeah. burning. Burning. <laughs> 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 mildly burning to the ground <laughs> so Cam, I'm, I'm what i'm curious to hear from you is in terms of vocational education because that's focusing a lot on like these kind of uh, manual labor jobs and industrial jobs yes i mean what what how what do you what are your concerns like how does it compare to to scotland which yeah. i think Sc- scotland has a, a higher level of <clears throat> industry or focus on industries like yeah. this as compared to Denmark we're much more focused on farming I have a feeling yeah. no you're right um no you're totally right when I went so I come from the central belt of Scotland which was the the mining mining mm. areas so mm. it was an industrialized area obviously mines have closed now no more mines so there was a big sort of people had to upskill Mm. Like my parents' generation, when mm. all because like my dad went and worked in the mine, my grandfather worked in the mine, so um, had to upskill. And then once you, um, the government found that there wasn't any sort of education or steps to go into a trade, because mm. back in the day it would be you would go to an electricity company or mm. an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter, and then you would ask for an apprentice's job. Mm. So what the Scottish government did was they started. Uh, 
really investing heavily in vocational education. So when you're in high school, and we do high school a lot different compared to the Scandinavians, we have six years of high school. Mm. So you go into high school at age 12, and then you can come out either at 16 or 18. (laughs) Do you you get to choose yourself? Yes, I chose to leave at 16. And um, what's the difference? Just to like, what 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 would be eighteen? Was it then? So eighteen was when, so we have like two exams, mm. two types of exams. So when you're like thirteen, fourteen, you, I mean, in my day it's changed now, but it used to be back called, in my day. Yeah, it's yeah, I sound too old, <laughs> but it was called standard grades. Scottish mm. kids that are listening, and you would do like nine standard grades, and mm. that's kind of like um. The basic yeah. education. Okay. We we would do maybe like Folkeskolen in yeah. Denmark. And that's nine years that yeah. you go there. So. Yeah, exactly. So mm. it's like the end of Folkeskolen. Mm. And then you can do, um, after you've got, done your standard grades, then you could go and do what was called hires mm. or A-levels. A-levels, I've heard but of this. We yeah. call them hires. And you can do five hires. Mm. And then you can do two advanced hires. And you do that from 16 to 18. Okay. I didn't like that, so <laughs> so I left mm. as quickly as I could. Yeah. No, I went to um, a college. So I went to uh, the city of Glasgow College, which is a further education college, mm. but vocational. Ah, okay. So in my college, you could do um, nursing. You okay. could do merchant navy. Yeah. Oh. You could do ele- like training to be an electrician. Yeah. So, so everything. Apart from, no, not apart from, but you could do a- anything. I yeah. did radio production, mm. hence why we're here. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, City of Glasgow. No. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and that became, so in my area, mm. which is quite a working class area, yeah. you would either go to uni, mm. which you would do after you were 18, or you would go and get a trade. Mm. So a lot of boys I went to school with are now electricians, plumbers, but they would do apprenticeships with a company, and then two days a week, they would go to the college. Okay, yeah. So that's, the the vocational education in Denmark is quite similar to that. You enroll into a school and there will be a lot of in-class teaching, but then you would have hands-on uh, work and education and you would mm. have to get an apprenticeship as well. And yes. that's part of your education. But what they also did probably 10 years ago was they started a thing called modern apprenticeships. Mm. Where if you wanted to be an engineer or trying to think of examples even a hair a hairdresser then you would do a modern apprenticeship where you would work for a year and then you would go to school for a year mm. and you can actually do a whole degree with a modern apprenticeship and it's not like you apply to the university and you get in it's you find a place a workplace that offers a modern apprenticeship and then you get into your dream job that way mm. so like people that weren't very good at school like me then you can kind of do you can do that yeah. So the BBC have modern apprenticeships, for example. I think uh, what what's lacking in Denmark is, uh, first of all, um, showing the opportunities besides the, the standard gymnasium and showing opportunities like that and having yeah. these types of apprenticeship that where companies also offer this. Um, more, most of the time, the companies, I mean, there are specific like big industry companies that are working with these vocational education institutions in mm. order to create apprenticeship via that. But when you are in the final year of Folkeskole or mm-hmm. the final years, so when you're around, what would that be? We're talking 14, 13, 14, 15. I don't remember being offered 
much choice or options. They was kind yeah. of saying like, you can go on this website and then you can look into the different educations. There was not much of saying, what can you actually become? What can you study? What is out there? And so, and, and also there's been this a mindset in Denmark where everyone has to go and become academics. Yeah. And there's been a huge focus on that. So for me, when I was um, in the, you know, 14, 15, I mean, first of all, to be fair, I, I didn't really want to go to do any kind of education. I kind of just wanted to get out and live life. But I had yeah. gotten the impression that the only way to be somebody to become something and have the opportunities mm -hmm. is to go to gymnasium. Yeah. And so those are the three years you just have to go through. And then you ha can choose if you want to do math and social sciences or you want to be more artsy and free spirit like me. See, that's very interesting because that's so young. Mm. Because like, for example, in Scotland, you have to be in school, what would you call your Falka schooling, mm. until you're 16. Mm. And when you do your exams at 16, you, they they don't I would argue they don't really determine what university you go to it's just like ground education mm. so it's super like scary to me <laughs> it's a very scary thing to a 13 year old cam to be told okay you're going to go to gymnasium to do they're like this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life because in Scotland it's like if you do you need to have these exams so you can get into uni to or a college to do what you want to do but i think sense. that is the same with gymnasium but the, the point is just that you know that for example i i did um english a level music a level and then media science b level and what that means is they're in level a b c and a just means that you focus all three years of high school gymnasium mm. on that subject and the other one would and it also counts then for a larger part of your final grade okay but that meant that i had math at a very low level which was intentional um i also got kicked out of math <laughs> I, I didn't say i was kicked out cam i just Sorry. I, I intentionally <laughs> decided not to focus on math i got kicked out because <laughs> i just can't count <laughs> at all i just don't find it interesting no. but anyway my point is that now later in life i was actually at one point uh, contemplating studying um economics and finances and really? yes <laughs> well basically i was okay. i was looking into studying international business and politics yeah. and there is an aspect of that that focuses on economics this is so weird sorry interrupt i got in to do politics and french at university after college that's so strange that we both well i mean sorry <laughs> politics and french and business and politics but you know it's like slight, <laughs> slightly different but the, i mean yeah the politics is the same that's true no, anyway, yeah. my my point was that in order to apply for this um, bachelor degree or bachelor course, or I think it was a master's actually, um, I had to have math at a certain level. Okay. So I would have to then do um, three months of like um, summer school yeah. to up my level of math in order to have a chance to get into this course. And even then it would not be uh 100 certain that i would actually get accepted mm -hmm. so that's an issue that i see but a bigger issue that i see with this mode the lack of like awareness that is that is right now amongst um folk school students mm. before choosing their gymnasium or high school or whatever is the fact that like we're not really first of all there's this high focus on everyone becoming an academic uh and Second of all, there's not really a presentation of the alternatives and what that actually entails. Yeah. It's, you know, either you become a, a carpenter or you become a professor. 
and and this kind of in between didn't exist at least when I was yeah. was growing up, and I think it's a it's a shame because there first of all, not everyone can be an academic. We don't need everyone to be an academic. No. Second of all, uh, with the technological development and digital development, we need more people to to be skilled in, for example. Uh, industrial hardware production and yeah. these kind of things, you know. We can't all be philosophers. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't all be philosophers. But it's six, also... Six million Freuds. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like, for example, uh, not everybody can do uni. Like, mm. I, I couldn't go and sit. No, maybe now I could, but at the time, I don't feel like I could have went and sat for four years and dealt with the pressure of exams but also i tell you what i i love learning i've always hated going to school i've always hated the structure the framework of education and institutions i hated it as nothing is makes me more depressed and stressed and anxious and i think i think it's very natural for humans to learn by doing and and we shouldn't underestimate um you know the the importance of these kind of education and it needs to happen because a lot of kids are probably like from my example i was a kid that was it was okay at school but then when i hit a certain age i became uninterested and i could have went you know two ways i could have been absolutely you know excellent or i could have been no not excellent and it was a teacher it was two teachers who kind of seen that in me that mm. i was you know I could go two ways. Mm. And that I was probably maybe a B person, not the A person. Maybe I wasn't a uni person, but I was mm. uh, a college person. Mm. So I was, I remember two teachers said to me, well, you know, Cameron, if you don't want to do university, you can do these, edu- like look at all these educations. Yeah. And I then found radio production and was like, yeah, oh, that sounds fun. I like to talk, I like sound. And then went off and did it and it worked. I mean... I think it worked for me. I think it's it's all about that and and you 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 touch upon a really important point right which is the that someone showing you the way. Yeah. And like in 2019 I was helping to establish this non-profit organization called uh, Raido which still exists and it's basically an organization that looks at working with vocational educational institutions and social institutions mm. to enable more youth, particularly disadvantaged youth, uh, to complete an education. Mm. Because one thing that this is not taking into consideration is the fact that, uh, okay, we don't have uh, enough people applying for these schools currently, but we also still haven't seen a massive change in number of people actually complete the educations. Mm-hmm. Over the past maybe 20 years, the number of, of people who drop out of these schools still count for like 50% of the students in total. And that's because the the structures around ensuring the completion of this education and supporting students to go down this route isn't there because oh. we're so focused on academia. Yeah. So nobody when you were grown up came in and said, Oh, you can go and do this at all. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. being part of, of the talk and, and what you could do. There and there was just sort of this and I think maybe also like unintentionally there was this feeling at least in my family you know like I think my mom was one of the first in her family to get a university degree and then 
you know, there was like that aspect of becoming better and better. And maybe even, I know, you know, it's going to sound very stereotypical, but like the Jewish side of the heritage, you know, it's like just become a doctor or a lawyer, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. But it was also in my house, it was like, uh, like, you, you know, go to university mm. and you don't have to do a job that you don't like. Mm. That was kind of what my mom and dad always told me. If you go to university, you do, do something that you like, you won't have to work something you don't you don't like. I think it's changing and I, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a challenge for both Danes and internationals like parents yeah. of children like to understand that it's not, you know, a social negative to have your kids uh if your kids want to take this kind of education go down that route. And I think maybe particularly for like like migrant workers yeah. coming here cuz there is there is a lot of studies that do show that when you come as like a refugee or uh, as an immigrant or even just a migrant, you know, you're settling in a new country. You understand that one of the that one of the things that is going to make you succeed here is high education yeah. because that's going to allow you to gain the the respect of of the nationals, so yeah. the locals, right? Because you know you're already at a disadvantage of being a, an international, having a different ethnic background. Um, and not talking about racism, but just it is an indication. And then having that high level of education puts you in a level of respect yeah. where, you know, your your nationality or your religion doesn't matter, yeah. at least not as much. Anymore. And it's also probably because in other countries, higher education is quite expensive mm. and it's free of charge here. So mm. parents are pushing their kids to use that advantage of, mm. you know, of coming or the advantage of free education. I think it's also just there's a lack of information of actually the quality of these vocational educations in Denmark. Like I when I w- was working with this non-profit organization, we went to some of these schools and had a look and it's I mean, I, it was cool. It was really yeah. cool to be there. Like for yeah. example, you know, like the school where you can you can start to become a hairdresser, you yeah. have like hands-on every day you were there and you can with like mannequins and you can you can practice there were for the um costume designers yeah. degree where every day they were doing fashion shows they were they but also not just that you know designing with sustainable materials mm-hmm. designing with like heat resistant materials and saying how can what can we create from that you yeah. know and then in the for the machine engineers you had like giant tractors and yeah. all these kind of things yeah. and I, I mean, I, when cool. I went to college, you could. We had a fully function radio station. We had microphones you could like use. You had all. I mean, all the teachers had came from industry, from like radio industry, and in the college as well. I mean, the college I went to is also a merchant navy college, and they have like a whole mock-up of a ship, like a container ship that you can, you know, it's like a simulator that you can wow. drive, and it's these these schools are amazing. And in comparison, my high school had a world map where the Soviet Union was still oh present. <laughs> because, again, publicly funded education. How many people were in your high school? Because oh, in my question. high school, we were a thousand. I, no, I think we were less than a thousand. In total, we were maybe 700. Okay. Um, so I I went to high school in, in Aarhus, and there are quite a few high schools in Aarhus, and... and Mine, I think we were maybe 700 or 800 that year. And this is the also thing that I always find interesting. Did you have the same classmates the whole way through your high school? Like you went to every class together? 
Um, almost every class, yes. Okay. Um, we, we changed classroom every time, which was frustrating, but at the same time, fair enough. There were only a few um, electives, of course, where you're mm. mixed because they were electives. So, for example, I studied uh, French for two years there. I had studied three years already, and then I studied continuously in, in high school. So, But other people in my class were maybe taking German or, or Spanish was mm. also an option. Japanese used to be an option, but they mm. closed it down before I started, unfortunately. I was studying French with people from the other classes in yeah. my, my year. See, we had a different, like, it was every hour we had a different class and mm. it was completely different people. I like that because, yeah. well... Like American know, High School, you know, periods. We I also went. like, this can be dangerous to say on air. I wasn't a big fan of the people I went to class no. with. So it was really nice when we had those no. mixed classes and I could <laughs> and say like, oh, I should have studied math and social sciences because we're more in sync, guys. You know? <laughs> I used to just hide in the music department and play the tuba. You know, I played the tuba. People, people probably don't know this. I don't know. I played the tuba for eight my, years. My yeah. best friend in Japan played the tuba yeah. as well. Oh my god! I played the tuba for eight years, and one of my most influential teachers—I'll shout him out because he listens. I know he listens. Is Mister French, who was my brass. Mister French. Mister French, who was from Yorkshire. <laughs> and I love it. Whenever I would not want to go to class or maths specifically yeah. i would go i'm gonna go and practice my tuba and then the teachers would come and say where's cameron he's not in maths and mr french would be like yeah he's practicing his tuba i didn't need to practice my tuba there was nothing to practice for but he would just yeah so big up mr french for keeping me safe from maths but yeah he was one of my most influential yeah i used to just hide music department i was a band geek I, band <laughs> geeks are good as well i studied music so I know. what did you play in your music I didn't really. We're learning so much about each other tonight. <laughs> Did you I was uh, I was vocals. Oh. I was singing, yeah. I played the xylophone and the tuba, so I was really cool. <laughs> and you also know how to play the bagpipe. Yeah, well, no, I played drums in a pipe band. Oh, I thought you no, played that. Oh. No. But I played Beauty and the Beast for my exam on the xylophone, and I played In the Hall of the Mountain King on the tuba. Wow. And nobody had any idea I was gay. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I sang uh, Amy Winehouse's Valerie for our graduation wow. ceremony. Modern. We didn't have that modernness in my school. It was hymns in my school, Catholic school. The music was modern, the school was not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do think uh, an aspect that needs to be taken into consideration here is those structures um, to support students throughout whatever they do, whether it's a mentor or a strong teacher or uh, actually yeah. the framework and the awareness you know, about what you can actually do. Did you have any strong teachers? Yeah. Yeah? And thank thank heavens for that, because I had a very, very uh, a rough uh, school, Folkeskole, yeah. with a lot of, like, tr issues and problems, mm. but we had great teachers. Yeah. And also through high school, yeah, great teachers. Yeah. You always find one that just kind of you click with, and I still keep in touch with a couple of my teachers on Facebook, so that's... Me too. Which is an unusual thing in Scotland compared to here. Also, sorry, I'm just going to get it out here. The way you guys deal with your teachers is completely different than Absolutely. what I'm used to. Because, like, you know, oof. I mean, first of all, the teachers are by first name. You oh, know. yeah, weird Se to me. <laughs> second of all, when, as soon as you enter high school where the, you're allowed to drink, like, I got drunk with my teachers. Yeah, no, you'd be in the jail in Scotland if you got drunk with your students. Again, it's not, we're not so formal. There's not that kind of hierarchy and structure and, and we're not so divided between, you know, because, you know, the UK is also more divided in working class, middle class yeah. and upper class. And that means that there are some social structures and norms in place as well, yeah. which is like in Denmark, you know, 
It used to be when my parents were growing up, it was still Mr. and Mrs. And I think my dad was one of the last generations that where they were allowed to slap the students. And that did happen. But not not now. No. But it's quite interesting, the fact that Danish society is fundamentally based on educational freedom. So for this is my perception as a foreigner and probably many others, is you can study any age in Denmark, mm. which is not too common in other places because mm. when you become, you know, older, you get a job, you have a house to pay, you can't really afford to go back to school. But in Denmark, we have the SU system, higher education is free, so it allows people to go back to education. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and now there's restrictions on educational freedom or proposed restrictions and not the only ones i mean mm-hmm. you know proposed restrictions in terms of putting a cap on yeah. admissions to a specific degree um which limits the choice for a lot but before that even um i'm not sure if it's still in place there has been debates about uh, getting rid of it but there was it used to be that you could also um study as many bachelors as you want so you for example do a bachelor in history yeah. and then you want to do one in social sciences or something else completely um, and they put a limit on that, so you can only take one bachelor. And I think they've doing they've done the same with the master's degree. I think they've done it across the two. Yeah. So you can only you'll get one, ma- one bachelor's paid for and one master's paid mm. for. I I think this is a shame. Um, I I think it's more for like personal reasons. But I I I have a friend uh, who, I think it was like three months before he was completing his his bachelor in history, he dropped out. Because yeah. he wanted to have the freedom to study another bachelor. He already had a job in what he wanted to work with. He actually works as a journalist. Um, and so he just decided to drop out because otherwise he would be limited in case later in life he wanted to study a bachelor in something else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can also see the other point where there is people who can get stuck in this, you know, education ring where they just do bachelor after bachelor after bachelor. But it, yeah, it is a bit sad that if you want to if you want to change i'm actually going back to school yeah I, yeah which i talked to you about the yeah. other day i have um uh started the process to go and do uh, which is called avu yeah so that's a uh, elmin which I, I mean is a general general yeah. um dancer uh, um, adult education yep. is what it stands for. So I'm going to do uh, Danish as a second language, mm-hmm. uh, social social studies, yeah, uh, history. So those three uh, subjects. But it was I completely found it by chance, mm. and I think this is a good thing that I would like to say out to internationals yeah. is if you've done your PD three Danish mm. language course, you can go and study at the gymnasium you don't have to go and do a, a whole gymnasium thing but you can go and study you know classes to bring your 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 subjects up yeah you can do maths you can do english you can do whatever you want and i i think it's 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 really fascinating when i went to the open day there was like people that were from all different types of backgrounds all different walks of life mums there was grandmothers there was you know young it's guys open like me it's open to everyone and a lot of the times it's also a requirement if you do want to go into the other vocational education yeah. you would have to do an evu as it's yeah. called first but i think it is really good if you're if you are an international and you're feeling kind of stuck and you cannot you're thinking how do i move on how do i 
open up for opportunities yeah. because that's what it does. It opens up for multiple opportunities. Evo can be a really, really good yeah. step. Plus, then you're in the educational systems. You have your teachers. You have mentors. You have a network. Um, it's a really good way to to sort of move things forward. Yeah. And you become more integrated yep. in a way because when you and I've also been through an English language AP degree in Denmark, you kind of are in the international sphere where mm. your kind of prospects are really only with international companies, English speaking. So if you're, as you said, feeling a bit stuck, I think it's a good one. Definitely check out the AVU. So I'll be going back to school. I wonder if I get a hat. You know, Cam, <laughs> even, even if you don't get a hat, I'm going to buy you one. <laughs> Do I get the truck as well? This is one thing that's going to happen. One truck by yourself, man. I, I, I haven't gotten that much money. <laughs> they're going to, the whole student of own mm. uh, industry might collapse because there won't be people in gymnasium to finish. Oh, you know, that's not true. <laughs> For, first of all, it's not just gymnasium. It's also the technical education, which is called HOTEX or okay. the finances. What? There's other ones. Okay. Yeah. So Explain this. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, what? Well, just, I'll just touch upon it briefly. But like vocational education is what we call um, and those are the ones that are specific for like trades and in like uh. industry specific. Then you have STX, which is what I went to. Okay. Um, and those are the ones that are more like on general subjects where you would have like language, literature and yeah, music media. Then you can have HOTX and that HOT stands for um, HEMBL. So it's it's more focused on commerce and oh, finance and these kind of um, topics and educations. Okay. Yeah. And they all get a truck and a hat. They finish. <laughs> a truck and a hat. <laughs> yeah, we all become truckers <laughs> at the end of our educations in Denmark. <laughs> um, yeah, so it used to it used to be only STX, but because a lot this is so funny. Of course there were some students that were jealous, so they oh, started spreading it out to other educations. But you know what, Cam? I'll buy you a hat, but you have to rent the truck yourself. Yeah. And if you get the black hat, is that you're the best? Well, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, because I've seen. We so... need to do another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the black black hat is because you know I mentioned that the subjects are divided in A, B, and C. Yeah. Uh, which is it? It's both the length of the study, but also the level you're studying at. So okay. A is the highest uh, level where you go deepest into the subject. If you have five A-level subjects, normally uh -huh. you do on average four. You can elect a, an extra one. It means it means that you also become more busy throughout okay. your course, and of course your level of education rises. So people with a black hat are people who have studied five A courses. So yeah, okay, not very Danish, Yantelo, is it? It's like pointing it out that they're <laughs> that they're different. No, it's I mean, it, Yandelo is like don't think you're anybody special. It doesn't say don't show you're anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> show don't think you're tell. special, but if you have a black hat, yeah. you're more special than show no. don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but that would been quite interesting. Uh, music, Weekend, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean something slightly different. The election. Yeah. Even though one more week and then we'll hopefully be out on the other side. Then it's going to start becoming like scandals about the next prime minister or going back on promises already and these kind of things. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be here for it. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs>